I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, January 13, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What another day it was. Continue to make new highs, the S&P does, day after day after day, with minor interruption along the way. So... First order of business is, from a larger picture perspective, we have two things going on. We have nothing wrong with the market, we're in a very strong uptrend, and they're running out of time. So it appears to me they may be trading up into the time zone that we began discussing a few weeks ago, the week of January 20, 2020. That's the week I've identified as most important from a time perspective. That being said, could they trade up into that week? Absolutely. Could they stop short of that week? Absolutely. We're in the zone. All right, let's move along, drill down a little bit, pick apart the markets, and see what we have while we look around the horn. Moving over to the ES contract, which is the S&P E-mini futures contract, we'll notice we're approaching another big fat round number. Inside the numbers, members began hearing about this number several days ago, last Wednesday, for example, when they had that huge decline overnight, recovered, finished strongly for the day. That was one of those signs that maybe they want to go get another big fat round number. As they get closer, the big fatties end up acting as a magnet. It's like a magnetic force drawing the price up to a number or in the other side down to a number. So therefore, from a psychological perspective, either we come up short, spike it through, hit it on the nose. Nobody really knows, but the market has a tendency to be attracted to the big fat round numbers. We're approaching 3,300. About the Dow Jones Industrial Average, slightly different look here, so we want to talk about this for a second. We don't talk about the Dow hardly at all. We're not going to talk about the Dow much. However, there's a bit of a non-confirmation going. We also have to mention another big fat round number, 29,000 in the Dow. These are all psychological numbers. That's why we have to bring them to the forefront. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. As easy and crazy as it sounds, they are magnetic, so therefore it pays to talk about them. What's the non-confirmation that we're discussing? From Friday, the Dow busts through 29,000 by about 9 points. You see the reversal, closes near the lows. Here today, we're basically in a bookend scenario using the red candle in the middle as the book, green ones being the ends, but we didn't make another new high today. When you take a look at the S&P 500 using the SPY, we are at and closed at the highs, so that's a non-confirmation. Let's continue discussing the SPY for a second. Friday, some questions came in about a potential reversal on Friday. Here's the problem. Yes, the candle could have been a reversal candle. The problem is, is it really a market reversal or was it just a down day? Just because you see a reversal candle, that doesn't necessarily mean it's lock, stock, and barrel a market reversal. 
you need something behind a market reversal. What you need is institutional participation. Did you have any institutional participation on Friday? And the answer is not so much. Look at the volume for the last several days down here at the bottom. So for example, Thursday's volume was 48 million shares. Friday's volume was 53 million shares, slightly more, but not too much. And then you had today at 45 million shares. So when you talk about a high volume reversal, which we obviously didn't have, you want to see volume up here, like this candle here, 160, 200 million shares, something like that. That governs what other traders do because they see institutional participation. So selling begets selling just like buying begets buying. On the flip side, do we have any institutional conviction buying on the upside today? No, we haven't. Again, same story with the volume. Doesn't mean that price isn't the absolute arbiter. It absolutely is. It was an up day. We're at new highs. You take it at face value for what it's worth. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck until proven otherwise. However, is it a whole nother leg higher in the market? That's the real question. The question is, is this a runaway melt-up for another 5 or 10% before the market even takes a breather? My contention is, my work shows, no, it's not. We're running out of time. If I'm proven wrong, we'll know it sooner than later. What am I looking for in and around that time, anywhere before or slightly after that time frame of next week? We're looking for signs that institutions are reversing the market. They come in a variety of different flavors. They're taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Inside the numbers, I'll have them lock, stock, and barrel as soon as I can identify something going on. What do we have on the docket this week? or in the near future, things we need to know, stuff that's not necessarily on the table, it's stuff off to the side, simply on a whiteboard. We have the potential or the anticipated signing of phase one of the quote-unquote, and these are air quotes, China deal. Well, that's got to be baked into the market in some way, shape, or form. There's no new information unless there's new information on Wednesday, which I believe is the day that they're going to sign the deal here in the U.S., I believe, with a lot of fanfare. Could it be a sell-the-news event? I suppose. We've been talking about China for way too long. I think the market has China fatigue. Second item on the whiteboard is Iran. That's always lurking. On one hand, there seems to be some positive developments going on over there from a geopolitical standpoint. You have the people of Iran apparently finally revolting. Not finally, they've been revolting, but it's really accelerating against the leadership of Iran. The people of Iran want democracy. It's the hardliners that want the status quo. I'm going out on a limb here. It's just a guess, but I think the majority, and right, we're talking about the 80-20 rule. It's always the 80-20 rule. My guess is the 80-20 rule says 80% of the people in Iran would rather have a way of life similar to what we have and that exists in Europe and Australia and a lot of other places as opposed to the one they have now. They're in an economic stronghold and the people are feeling the pain. And I guess ultimately that's really the point. Let the people of Iran have the last say. That's ultimately what democracy is about. 
off the soapbox back in our lane that was an unintended short hop. Here is an intended short hop. I'm going to show you everything from inside the numbers today, whether some of it was actionable information or not. You might as well see the commentary. I know traders like to see the commentary. So we scroll up a little bit. There's also some stocks on the move. We'll take a look at those a little bit later. We've got our eye on the market for both things that are possible. We're the umpire. You never know what you're going to get on a Monday morning or really any morning for that matter. You can get a gap in crap. You can get a runaway market. You never know what they're going to hand you. So we have to have eyes wide open coming into the morning session. We always take a look around the horn and you can stop and start the video at will. I'm going to scroll up and you can read at your leisure. Today was also one of those days where the market really went to sleep pretty early, got into an early chop shop formation, grinding higher chop shop formation, and that's basically the way it went out. There's not a lot else you can do in a market like that. If you hop on and you're willing to ride it long, that's fine. Most traders just take a look at that and they find something else to do, something else to trade, something else that makes sense because it's a very slow market and it can be a version of torture. In this case, it went straight up at the end of the day, but a lot of times it just winds up in a chop shop all day long and traders are waiting for a move and a lot of times it just doesn't happen. Stocks on the move today, we had two stocks hit their price objective. We're going to take a look at both. Why? Because there's a teachable moment, there's learnable stuff in each chart. You'll see here the fourth and fifth one down, E-X-E-L, E-X-A-S, that wasn't planned. It's just a coincidence. However, we know there are no coincidences. But in this case, I'm not going to argue the point. First, we'll look at E-X-A-S. Appears to be a bit of a shit show at first glance, and it really was at the end of the day. However, let me explain exactly what happened because not everything is always as it appears. The stocks go on the board early in the morning. As early as I find them, they start going up on the board. Once in a blue moon, a stock will move before the opening bell to the point where it begins accelerating at or slightly right before the opening bell. That's a case of what happened today in EXAS. So we'll go over the specifics. The first price at 9701 the stock gapped below it at the end, or in the beginning, I should say, and therefore, it's off the table. 94.99, if traders were looking to pick that level off, and yours truly was, you were filled with that hesitation, and it sliced through like a hot knife through butter, going down to the 92.50. Now, here's the trick. I added the 92.50 and adjusted the stop, and remember, it's an hourly stop, so at the opening bell, the stop really doesn't come into play. Some traders might not have seen the third price target show up on the page as they may not have refreshed the page close to the opening bell. I always recommend to do that. It says it in the notes right next to where it says must read. So net net, here's what happened. The price spikes through even the third level, but quickly you can see that found support had a nice rocket ride back to the second level and then floundered. So if you follow the strategy, if you pick up half a position at the first level and the other half at the second price, then at least they let you out either with a profit or wherever you wanted. Then you can see it floundered around the third level, tried to bounce back up later in the session. This is around noontime. And then it just went sideways, and it's really dead money at that point in time. 
You have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. I show all. I show you the commentary. I show you the trades. Sometimes you see a trade that works out right away and fantastic. It's an easy trade, and others aren't. It's the 80-20 rule, and it really is about the 80-20 rule. I've said it before. The win rate right now is about 78%. It's slightly north of 78%. That means that over 21% are still going to be losing trades. Whether this one was or wasn't is irrelevant. That's just the point that traders need to pay attention to. Well, let's look at the other side. How about one that worked out pretty quickly and pretty easily? EXEL. Here's a five-minute chart you can see here. The stock closes Friday at $18.33. It was on the move this morning. It wasn't a tremendous move, but as we know, they're headed for a destination. If I'm able to identify the destination that it's headed to, what do they do? They typically hit the destination, turn around, and go back in the other direction. Well, guess what? EXEL was a fantastic example of just that. About a $1.20 move higher off the entry price, a relentless move on the rocket ride right out of the gate. I'm not sure about your math, but my math says that's about 6.8% off the entry for the maximum gain. So anywhere in between is what traders were available to put in their pocket. Back in our lane, taking a look over in Camp IWM. Another non-confirmation. Now, we've been discussing this one for several days, and it's still doing the same thing that we discussed last week, which is essentially forming or trading in a bearish, wedgish formation. Has not made new recent highs, so you can't help but notice it's a non-confirmation or a divergence from the S&P 500. Now, here's what we do with these things. If you've been around a while, you've heard me say this many times before. So we'll say it again. The divergences don't last for very long. One way or the other, they catch up with one another. Either the IWM and other markets are going to get up and go up in the northern direction, or the S&P 500 is the fake out or the non-confirmation, and it's going to turn around and go back in the other direction. We don't know exactly which one yet. I have my ideas, but if you're playing the umpire, we take the market at face value. The S&P's at new highs. It's the arbiter of last price that's speaking. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. The Nasdaq's screaming higher. The S&P's screaming higher. We've been here before. They're headed to a destination. In this case, destination unknown. As far as the IWM's concerned, I'm focused on what jumps out at the chart at me. What jumps out is two things, lower highs, bearish wedges pattern forming. And if you break it down even to a 120-minute chart and others, you can see a couple of things that the IWM will have a tough time busting through. There's a couple of breakdown candles high. This one's at the high, but there's one short of that. Now, maybe they're going to bust through. Maybe they're not. Maybe this was just a pullback and a reset. Remember, the daily chart, while above all the moving averages, is still in an uptrend. The weekly chart is still in an uptrend. No two ways about it. But what we do know is things happen, change takes place, stuff happens on a micro scale. That's why we have to look around the horn and we look at all the charts. So we want to be aware of which charts have what resistance points because you don't see the same ones on every single chart. That's why 
we look around the horn. Here's a 240 chart looking around the horn. You can see it looks like the 120 minute chart as it should, but you're caught in between. You're above moving averages, you're below the breakdown candle high, and that's on both charts. You're above the moving averages on the 120 minute chart, on the 240, on the daily, and everywhere in between. So it's in an uptrend, it's bullish, it is what it is. In this case, across all markets, price is the duck. The charts is the duck. Time is the ugly duck. What's going on down at the transportation department? Anything we need to know? It's in an uptrend. They keep pushing higher. Nothing bearish, just like across other markets. In the midst of a melt-up, everything gets a rise. A rising tide lifts all boats. Everything's in the boat. Here's the captain of the boat, the triple Qs. Just riding higher relentlessly, headed for its destination. And here's even a better picture of the melt-up. Here's a weekly chart. You can see the moving averages continue to rise. They have been running in parallel, which is bullish in and of itself. Look how far away we are from home base. For those of you that haven't been around for a while, I like to call the 20-period moving average home base. The red trend line is the 20-period moving average. Since we're looking at a weekly chart, it's the 20-week moving average. We're pretty far from home base. Markets really don't like to get that far from home base. They generally will come back to check in at home base. Now, sometimes they don't run right home and check in. Sometimes they go sideways for a while, let home base creep up toward price, or price will slowly come down toward home base simultaneously bringing them closer together and in bullish uptrends that tends to happen and as they get closer to home base if they're extremely bullish they never hit home base and they just trade away back to the daily chart you can see a simple example of that right here the market started coming back toward home base home base was riding up to price they never hit home base and here they are taking off again to the upside. How about the XLF? Do we have anything relevant or interesting going on in the XLF? We have an important number on the page, $30.98. If you remember, that's a monthly number. What does that mean? It means it's only relevant on the close of the month. It was relevant at the close of 2019. It's going to be relevant once again at the close of January 2020. As far as I'm concerned, the XLF is making a bullish pattern in an uptrend. That's the duck. Until and unless that changes, that's the duck. Another duck, the SMH, which is a pretty good proxy in and of itself for the tech sector. Another duck in an uptrend. Nothing wrong with this market. It's not telling us any opposing or diverging information from the tech sector whatsoever. And with that, folks, it's a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for today. Before I do that, I will thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.